Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Well, uh, one thing I wanted to say at the very beginning um, is we know the word of the Lord. We've said it many times. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our pathway. Shows us the way to go. One thing that we need to know about the word of the Lord and we need to remember is that his word, while it brings conviction, which is a good thing. Sometimes conviction doesn't feel so good. But conviction is a real thing. Conviction is done because of love. He loves us, and so he tells us the truth in his word. And that word, that truth, convicts us. He does it to draw us closer to him. The word of the Lord is never to condemn. So don't get that confused when you hear the word of the Lord, when you read the word of the Lord, when you hear it preached or taught or whatever setting it is, if you're just listening to it and it like, oh man, that hit me right where I needed it. Don't take that as he is bringing condemnation on you. Like you're just a bad person and you can't get anything right. No, that is not the word of the Lord. That's not the Lord. And the Bible even tells us that. But it does bring conviction. It convicts us when we're doing something wrong. If we read a scripture and we're not quite lining up with that scripture, that's conviction. And the reason the Lord allows that to happen, so we will step in do what the scripture is saying, and obey the word of the Lord. So don't ever get conviction confused with condemnation. Okay, condemnation is from who? The enemy. He's the one that wants to make you feel bad all the time. The word of the Lord is never made to make us feel bad. It's to convict us so we'll be better. All right? That was free, and the Lord just talked to me about that just while we were doing focus prayer. So I'm just passing it along. So we have been talking about the bait of Satan, and going to continue maybe a couple more lessons on that. We'll see what the Lord will do with it. Um, I ended last week with this scripture, and I want to start with it this week. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 13, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man or an adult, I put away childish things. That's why when we see somebody, <laughs> an adult, acting out, we say, you're acting like a child, <laughs> you're throwing a fit like a child. It's one thing for a child to do it. It's another thing for an adult to do it. We just don't look too good when we do that. Um, 
For now we see through a glass darkly. We don't understand everything right now. But then face to face. Now I know in part. But then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth. It stays. It remains. Faith. Hope. Charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity or love. Charity simply means love. So what we talked about last week, it's a mature love that can forgive. It's a mature love that puts away the grudges of the past. It's a mature love that doesn't act like a child, that grows up, becomes an adult, and says, there's no reason to hold on to these grudges this long. This is ridiculous. I need to move on, forgive, get past it. <clears throat> and sometimes that's much easier said than done, isn't it? It really is. And sometimes we can say, oh, I forgive them. And then they walk in the room. And then you get all these feelings. <laughs> so sometimes forgiveness is a process. And that's okay as long as we're making our way in that direction. Last week we finished talking about the life of Joseph and all of the intentional offenses that came his way. He was intentionally sold by his own flesh and blood. He was intentionally lied about by Potiphar's wife. He was intentionally put in prison. But Joseph, in his maturity, understood the bigger picture. He understood the plan of God. He could deal with all of these offenses that came his way because he kept the big picture in mind. I think it's because he remembered the dreams. He knew those dreams were from the Lord. It was like us receiving a dream from the Lord or a word from the Lord. You hold on to that. And even though things are happening that you don't understand, you hold on to that word from the Lord or a dream from the Lord because you knew it was from the Lord and you can move on through life. He was somehow able to not focus everything upon himself and he kept his heart and his mind and his eyes on the plan of God. And not just the plan of God for his life. Right? Remember we talked about that. But for the lives of many, many people, he kept alive by refusing to let offense win. How would it feel to be entrusted by God the way that Joseph was? God knew he could trust the heart of Joseph with the whole future of Israel. He was responsible for keeping the whole 12 tribes of Israel alive. No responsibility at all. Eh, not, no big deal. <laughs> Just the future of the whole world. <laughs> well, you know what? We are each called to have a responsibility and people that we are responsible for. People in our families. And what do we do with the things that come our way? The offenses that come our way? 
how do we handle it? Because whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, people are watching our lives. And especially those who we are connected to family-wise. Uh, for those of you still raising small children, there a lot more is caught than taught. And that's a good thing, and sometimes it's not a good thing. <laughs> because we don't realize everything we're putting out there that they're catching. We're like, where did they come up with that? And then it comes back to our mind. Oh, man, I think I said that last week. <laughs> so, <clears throat> it's a good thing to send your kids to somebody else's house for a while because it makes you fast and pray. Because you're fasting and praying, Lord, don't let them say anything that would embarrass me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, not really. It does make you, like, talk to the Lord a little bit. Um, but Joseph is such an example to all of us. And it's an example that we could definitely strive for. Another example in the word of God is David. David was another great example of how to respond to offense. Here he was, just a shepherd boy, minding his own business, taking care of the sheep, learning about sheep, writing psalms, taking care of his father's sheep, when the next thing he knew it, he was being anointed as the king. Wow, he's going to be the next king, you know. And then he's married to the king's daughter. And he has a great father-in-law. His father-in-law is the king. He has a best friend now as a brother-in-law. I mean, everything's looking so good for David until his father-in-law got jealous of him. Can you imagine one day you're on top of the world and the next day you're being hunted like an animal? All because someone is jealous of you. Jealousy really is as cruel as the grave. David was treated very unfairly by his new father-in-law, King Saul. The man that he respected highly. A man that he loved very much. I'm sure that it was a very tough time. And we see that through some of his writings, through some of the Psalms that he wrote. We see David was very transparent in many ways. But I'm sure he had a tough time understanding how could someone that I love so much and respect so highly treat me like this? What have I done? And what did David do? He was a better, better warrior than Saul. Maybe he had a few more talents. People liked him more. They were singing his high praises. There was jealousy. Now David had many opportunities, as we know, to get back at Saul. To even kill him. Several opportunities. But David refused revenge. David refused revenge. 
that would be a good way to live, right? I'm just going to refuse revenge. It's not mine to handle. 1 Samuel 26, 8 through 10. Then said Abishai to David, God hath delivered thine enemy into thy hand this day. Now, therefore, let me smite him. I pray thee with the spear, even to the earth at once, and I will not smite him the second time. And David said to Abishai, destroy him not. For who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall descend into battle and perish. David knew his God. He knew that God would take care of it. He didn't have to worry about it. He didn't have to take revenge. Did he want to? Yes, he wanted to. That's why he even cut off the little piece of his robe. Because he really wanted to do more damage than that. But because of his heart, he didn't. It was a psalm that David wrote in 1 Chronicles 16.22 saying, Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. He knew. He knew what the Lord wanted. This was just one of many times that David could have taken revenge. But why didn't he? Because of his heart. He had an upright heart. He had integrity. And he would not take revenge. Has anybody in here ever, you want to admit to it, you don't have to admit to it if you don't want to, ever been treated badly because someone was jealous of you or the position that you hold or even jealous of you because of the call of God upon your life or the giftings that God has given you. Maybe people have even been jealous of your success. I have, especially working all the camps years ago, and I spent a lot of time with teenage girls. And I could see the ones who, I mean, their talents just stuck out. They might not have ever even been on the platform. But you just knew they had a lot of talent. They had a lot of potential. They had a lot of things going for them. And I watched as others treated them badly for one reason. And it was jealousy. Not because they had done anything. These could have been the sweetest, kindest girls and other people were treating them terrible because they were jealous of them maybe they thought they dressed better than them or this or that whatever it was or maybe they were singing on the platform and you know they just people were jealous of them I've seen it over and over again but I have had conversations with these girls because they didn't understand they didn't understand why are they treating me like this why don't they like me? Why this and that? And I have tried to let them know. Sometimes people are just jealous of the giftings God has given you. Sometimes people are just jealous of the things they see in you that they wish they had. And that's what was going on with David. 
Saul was just insanely jealous and he wanted to do away with him. I mean, the Bible says jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Well, Saul proved that to be true. He wanted David dead. That's pretty strong jealousy. So what do we do? We want to defend ourselves. We want to make things right. We want to understand what is happening. Why do this why do these people hate me? I'm sure David was feeling that way. It is extremely hurtful when you have you think you think you have a good relationship with somebody. And it could be even someone in authority over you. And could even be a spiritual authority. And you think everything's fine. And then you start getting treated badly. And you don't understand it. It's not supposed to be this way. You know, you just want to fix it. But can I tell you, we cannot control the actions of other people. We can only control our own actions. What we do with the offense, that's what we're going to stand before the Lord for. David knew that he could not control Saul's anger. He ran for many years away from Saul. But I believe David kept the bigger picture in mind. So when you look at Joseph and you look at David, what do you think about? What do you think they had in common? How did these men keep their integrity, not lash out, not stay offended. How do they do it? Anybody? They remembered what God called them for. They had a purpose for their lives. Anybody else? Man, I was hoping you had the answer. <laughs> that was one of the answers. Joseph said it. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. That was one of Joseph's response. David, anointed king, and Samuel was talking to Saul. He said, the Lord hath sought him, a man after his own heart. God isn't looking for the one with, you know, the person that has the best physique or the tallest, the smartest, the fastest, the whatever we put on each other. God isn't looking for that. He's looking for people with the right heart. Men with the right spirit. Men that would know how to let offenses go for the sake of the kingdom. Men and women, not just men. <clears throat> we
we've seen quite a bit about the heart of David all through the Psalms. Like I said, he's very transparent. But you know, with Joseph, we don't really read a lot about his interaction with God. We just see the steps of the story. And even uh, when Jesus goes away from his disciples to pray, we don't really get a little a lot of insight of what those prayers were about. But if Jesus Christ had to get away and pray, <laughs> I think that's a great example. Right? I think that's the best thing to do. David, in one psalm, gives us such an insight to who he was. Psalm 51 Beautiful psalm that he wrote. Several things. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Wash me. Purge me. Give me a clean heart. I think David kept a spirit of forgiveness about him. And we know that Christ did. And it looks as if Joseph did the same thing. Now Joseph had a lot of time in isolation in prison. So he had a lot of time to talk to God. So maybe that's where he made everything right. And, you know, we can make a lot of phone calls and we can tell a lot of people when we're offended and we want to get other people's reaction or get people on our side or, or whatever. Um, but my goodness, who is the best one to talk to when we're offended? Who is the only one that we can talk to when we're offended? And that is the Lord. He has the answers. I think because of their relationship with God, David and Joseph, their relationship with God, they had such a beautiful relationship with him that when the offenses came, they took time to inquire of the Lord. What do I do? How do I react, Lord? And... Uh, Again, they kept the big picture in mind, what they were called to do. The Bible is full of how the Lord intends us to interact with each other and treat one another. Jesus, in his teachings, says, love your enemies, right? Do good. To those who despitefully use you. In other words, those who offend you. Those who offend you on purpose. Do something good for them. Have you ever tried to actually go and do something good for someone who has mistreated you? It's in the word. <laughs> well, they lied about me, so I think I'll take them some cookies. <laughs> That's not really our natural reaction, is it? Our natural reaction is to get revenge or whatever. But the word of God says, do good. I will tell you that when you put that into practice, doing something good for someone that is deliberately mistreating you, it's an opening for the trap door to be released. It's an opening 
to release that offense and the stronghold that has been put upon us. Offense is a trap. And the one offended is the one caught in the trap. It's not the ones who have offended us. They're not in the trap. They may be in their own trap of some sort. I don't know. They're just on their way. They've offended us. They're on their way. They've, they've done, gone down the road, probably not even thinking about what they've said to us or what they've done. Didn't even realize it happened, possibly. Especially if it was unintentional. You know, some people don't even realize that they are offending us. They don't know that there's a conversation that's very touchy to us. And they don't mean to offend us. But the ones that are offended, that's who's in the trap. <clears throat> it's not about, okay, if I forgive and move on, does that mean I'm never going to be offended again? <laughs> well, are you breathing? Are you around people? I think I said it last week. When we walked in the doors, the potential for offense was here. Because there's people. Yes, absolutely. We will be offended again. And maybe even more so as the world gets worse. It's not about the offense. It's about what we do with the offense that can make all the difference in our world. Right? Our response to offense is what will make all the difference, not only in our heart, but also in the hearts of everyone that we are around. And in the heart of those who has offended us. I've done it. I've done it. I've, I've literally, not cookies, but something else. I made something else for someone that offended me on purpose, embarrassed me on purpose, and it was very, very hurtful because it was someone that I looked up to and it, they were an authority in my life. I didn't understand it, but I had to just spend some time in the altar and uh, decided I'm going to fulfill what the word of God says. I'm going to do something good for my enemies. I didn't think they were an enemy, but I think they thought I was an enemy. <laughs> but it kind of put a calm on that. And eventually, I think they saw I had no ill intentions. I didn't want their job or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, but it helped. It helped release that trap of offense. Offenses hurt. If they are intentional or unintentional, right? They still hurt. I'm not going to look at you and just say, well, pray and forgive and get over it. Because that's easy to say, but it's another thing to do. I would say, pray and forgive and let God help you get over it. Which may take more prayer 
and more forgiving and more prayer and more forgiving. <clears throat> I think what we have to do is focus on strengthening our relationship with God. Just like David, just like Joseph, just like many of the people in the Bible. Work on strengthening our relationship with God, the good shepherd, because he will lead us in the paths of righteousness. His word will never steer us in the wrong direction. It will light up the pathway even when we are offended. Now, sometimes I think we want to stay away from God because we feel bad because we're so mad at somebody or we're just so aggravated and, oh, we just, we want to hold on to that grudge because it feels good. But God is the place to go. And sure, we can pray at church, but I really think our alone time with the Lord is the first key to opening the trap. He said it. We've talked about it. Cast all of your cares upon him because he cares. He cares when we are offended. He cares when we are hurting. He does. And he says, give it to me. I want to help you with this. I want to take care of it. Bringing the offense to him and not to everyone else. Asking for his help, his direction, asking him to keep a gate on our mouths because our heart is offended and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Seeking his heart, his way. God, how do you want me to respond to this? I mean, I've had the conversations with the Lord. How, you know what I want to say. You know how I want to react. You know that I want to embarrass somebody right back because they embarrassed me. Isn't that okay? They did it first. <laughs> no, it's not okay. But if I seek the Lord and I ask for his help, he's going to give me direction. He's going to bring a scripture to my mind that's going to remind me, this is how I want you to act. This is how I want you to react. I want you to represent me right now. What would Jesus do? Or what did Jesus do? That's a good thing to think about. If there was anybody offended on purpose, it was him. That's for sure. And once we have gone to the Lord in prayer, and he has given us direction, it's like holding that key that unlocks the trap. But the next step is the choice to actually follow through. The Lord may speak to you and say, swallow your pride and go and apologize. But I didn't do anything. <laughs> but if he said to do it, go, apologize, make things right. If he's telling us to do that, that's where we get our direction in prayer. And in the word. And once we have that direction, then we got a choice to make. And we can sit there, stubborn as we want, determined it wasn't my fault, determined that whatever. And we can just sit there and hold on to our offense and 
think that that's getting revenge back on them because I'm not speaking to them or whatever. Or we can go with the direction that the Lord has given us. Get up, stop pouting, go bake them some cookies and take it to them. Go apologize. Be the first to apologize, even if you don't think you did anything wrong. Whatever he tells us to do. But making the choice to forgive, making the choice like David to refuse revenge, asking for God's forgiveness, of course, making the choice to love my enemies, making the right choice. Why? For the bigger picture. For the kingdom of God. For the sake of the kingdom of God. Right? That's what we're here for. He's brought us into his kingdom. He wants us to be unified. But if there are offenses between us and someone else. Especially within the body of Christ. If we don't get rid of those offenses. Then how can we have the spirit of unity that we need to have? We've got to keep the bigger picture in mind. This is the kingdom of God. Not my kingdom. It's his. And I'm here to serve him. And however he wants me to serve him. Honestly, uh, for people who do not take offenses to the Lord. And take them and pray about them. I honestly don't know how they can stay free from offense. That's the place that we have to leave it. It's hard. And some offenses may never be resolved. But we have to be right with the Lord in our heart. The author of The Bait of Satan, John Brevere, says it this way. As a follower of Christ, if you can stay free from offense, you most likely will stay in the will of God. If you can stay free from offense, you will most likely stay in the will of God. Wow. I want to stay in the will of God. And that means, I think that's why the scripture says, I think it was Paul that said, I die daily. Because you know why? Daily we interact with people. <laughs> daily we can be offended. I know it sounds like, what? Are you really that offended that easily? I think we all have the potential. It's there. If you're around people, you have the potential to be offended. It's crazy. I don't like it, but it's the truth. <laughs> but we've got to keep a repented heart every day with our walk with the Lord. Now we have talked a lot about being offended intentionally. People intentionally doing stuff to us. But now I want to go into the unintended offense. Now, unfortunately, we learn too late that a lot of offenses we experience were done unintentionally. We're already hurt. We already got our feelings hurt. We're already holding a grudge. And then we find out, oh, 
That's not even what they meant. And then you're like, oh, all that wasted energy. There are so many unintentional offenses that can happen to us. All right, so I have something for you to wake up and pay attention to really quick. I want you to think about, I want you to think back over just the last few days. Just take a moment. Just think back over the last few days, maybe even this last week. Think about what you were doing. Some of us, it might take a minute longer to remember what we were actually doing yesterday. Think about your interaction with people. Could have been even one of your children. Did you have a chance to take offense to someone's words or actions? Did someone potentially offend you this last week? Their words or their actions. Now, you may be thinking, well, they said this, but I just let it go. They said this, but I just let it go. Well, I didn't really hold on to that. But it was there, right? How did we respond to the offense? Are we still holding on to it? Are we still thinking about it? Of course, I may have just made you think about it again. <laughs> what are we doing with it? Did we walk through the doors today carrying it with us? Some things are so subtle. Do you agree that sometimes we just need a friend to talk to, to tell them all about it. And just, you know, sometimes I just need to get this off my chest. I just need to talk to somebody about it. Well, yeah, we do sometimes. But all the time, we need someone like Jesus that we can talk to. That we know he understands, right? Someone that can help us through. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer we could have peace all the time have we trials and temptations is there trouble anywhere we should never be discouraged take it to the Lord in prayer can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? 
Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. What a friend we have in Jesus. He's the one that we can take all of our offenses to. He can handle it. He's got big old shoulders. He can handle hearing anything that we want to say to him. There are so many small little things that can get to us and can take our peace from us. But as the song says, oh what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. I just want to remind us that if we're going to fight, we've got to do it on our knees. That's the place to give these offenses to God. The situations we cannot figure out. We can't overcome them. They're not changing. And we can potentially stay offended over and over again because the person isn't changing. The situation isn't changing. But we do know where to get the answers. I want to have a heart like Joseph. I want to have a heart like David. I want to have a heart like Jesus Christ. But there's only one way to get there. Honestly. There's not some pill that we can take and everything's going to be all right. You might take a pill to make you forget about some things, but that's not good either. <laughs> but there's only one way that I know of that I can stay with a right heart, a right spirit, and that is to make the choice to take everything to God in prayer. Every little offense, everything that somebody says that grates up against me or, uh, you know, an offense between my husband and I or whatever it is, whoever it is, intentional, unintentional, there's only one answer to keep our hearts right like these men of God did. And that is to stay in a relationship with the Lord and take everything to him in prayer. Everything. Don't try to figure it out. Just give it to the Lord. And then if there's something we need to do, I promise you, he will give us direction. And then we have the choice to listen. And if we listen, I promise you it's going to work out. I want us to pray today and just ask the Lord if he will give us direction over some situations that we need help with. We want a right spirit. 
We pray David's psalm. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Give me a right spirit. I want that. I believe we all want it. Every single one of us want it. And God will give it to us. But he will also give us direction of how to go about taking care of the offense or go about mending that relationship, whatever we need to do. You believe that he'll help us? Amen, I do too. Lord, we thank you, God, that your word just spells it out.